Hello, and welcome to Hit Me in the Heart, the podcast that's transcending space and time. I'm your bleeding heart millennial, Scott. I'm your hearty flyboy, Travis. And I'm your kind-hearted oath, Paul. And on today's episode, we're looking at a very particular episode of a very particular show, and it's all about the Doctor. Honeymoon ideas? Well, there's a moon that's made of actual honey. Well, not actual honey, and it's not actually a moon, and technically it's alive, and a bit carnivorous, but there are some lovely views. Yeah. Great. Thanks. Doctor Who has been around for forever. Literally, its first episode on the BBC was delayed, I believe, due to the Kennedy assassination. So it's been around for a hot minute. Specifically, we're talking about a, a single episode, a single episode of this show that I'm sure many people have heard about and fewer people have actually watched. Basically, Doctor Who is a long-running uh, science fiction series that started in the 1960s. It's British. Uh, it ran all the way through to the 80s, at which point it stopped. There was one TV movie in the 90s, but then it was rebooted in 2005 by the guy, Russell Davies, who did Queer as Folk, like the UK version. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. Had no idea. It's got a reputation for being very chintzy and very cheesy and all over the shop. This is a series that involves a main character and a set of sci-fi tools that can do anything. He can go anywhere in space. He can go anywhere in time. He can meet famous people. He can be in the middle of political revolutions. He could be on alien planets. He could be pursued by an unknowable evil. The sky's the limit. The show as a whole does very sophisticated things with its metaphor, right? Like, no matter where he is in space and time, it's always saying something about the human condition. Another thing we need to talk about with the British television, the time-honored Christmas episode. So unlike in American television, every year you would do a series of some British show, but you would always do a Christmas special, which would air separately at Christmas. Not like, oh, this is whatever episode that precedes it. Like, literally, Christmas Day, there would be the Doctor Who Christmas special. Christmas Day 2010. We were treated to a Christmas carol. Now, when you have a character that can go anywhere in time and space, when the only limits are the collective imagination of the showrunner, the writers, the directors, anyone involved, and you decide to retell Charles Dickens for the nth number of time. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. You can you can you do anything. They're, like the world is your oyster. You have a character that can travel through space and time and go to the end but of the universe. He can go to the birth of the universe. You, hey, you want to see what Jesus' birth was actually like? But no, <laughs> no. We're, we're a family. Let's TV go back show. to a time time honored tradition, a time honored beautiful story. It very much <laughs> is, and you know who loves it? Six year olds. So of course, <laughs> let's do a big family friendly episode of Doctor Who. But we've decided we're retelling Charles Dickens. Right. Okay. Fair enough. And it's going to be cheesy and chintzy. It's going to be feel good. It's, it's like the legacy of Christmases. An important thing to understand about me is that I am deeply cynical in every corner of my soul. No. Which explains <laughs> quite a bit 
why I have this. Oh, Doctor Who's doing a Christmas Carol episode. I mean, I'll put it on if I'm getting drunk or something. You know, I want to be derisive of it. I want to put it down. I don't, like, I don't care. Stop ripping off public domain stories. Like, you're paid writers. Is this like Star Wars doing their Christmas special, which is much oh, reviled? I've never <laughs> seen it. Don't. Again. Ugh. I don't want to do a, a full plot recap, but the Scrooge of our story is a man called Kazran Sadik. And when the episode opens, there is essentially a family pleading for the release of one of their loved ones. See, our Scrooge in this timeline gives out loans to desperately poor families, and as collateral, he takes a member of their family and cryogenically freezes them. Like, the collateral is literally a human being. Like, give me a family member, and I will give you the money. And I have so many questions, but I'll, I'll save them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most right? of them aren't important, though, luckily. Most like, of them yeah, aren't important. You don't, you don't need to really know. We'll you get just, to this later, yeah. but with the sci-fi and uh, the ability to time travel, if you look too hard at any of the Doctor Who plots, they start to fall apart. Long story short, this family is pleading for the release of their loved one, and Scrooge is like, no. It's essentially, he's saying, fuck you, pay me. And they're like, please, it's Christmas. He's like, I don't give a shit about Christmas. And instantly, I am identifying with Scrooge. Like, <laughs> he's on my level. He's got all of those cynical reactions to everything. So while we're at the beginning, I'm just Abigail, the, the one who's, who is, becomes one of the main characters in the story. Was Abigail the same person yes. who was at the beginning or no? Yes. Oh, it was. Okay. I, I believe so. As this family is pleading for the release of their loved ones, he has, of course, dragged the loved one in her cryogenic coffin yes. up there so that they can look at her through the frozen porthole and see her so he can tell them no. He also has a, like a really great pun in that scene where they're like, please, sir, it's Christmas. He's like, is it? She loves Christmas. Does she? Oh, does she? I see. Hello. Oh, wakey, wakey. It's Christmas. You know what? I think she's a bit cool about the whole thing. <laughs> Here is a guy with really good puns. Such and, a dick. You know, if you want to have your loved ones with you, maybe don't sell them to a monster to put them in cryogenic sleep and then come pleading mercy. Like, what, what do you expect here? What do you expect? In all of time and space... Why does the doctor care? Well, the doctor has companions and the companions are almost always in trouble because that's how we get drama out of this format. And in this particular case, they are on a spaceship that's crashing into this planet that is surrounded by these ice clouds that have these electromagnetic charges. And this man, our Scrooge, is the only person who can use the controls to let them through and land safely, but he doesn't want to. He's like, fuck it, everybody has to die. They're not going to crash on my house. Why do I care? This episode is about Scrooge. Like, even in the original um, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, Scrooge is the protagonist. Like, he's the main character of the story. He is the person changed by the story, even though he's the villain of it, which is really interesting. It's an interesting thing to do, right? And that's why that story, I think, has stuck around for so long. And the thing that this episode really does, and the thing that will hit me in the heart so much by the end of it, is the fact that he is someone that this story never gives up on. He's a man who has learned the wrong lessons from his life experiences. He is someone who, when life 
handed him lemons. He went and built an empire on, you know, getting somebody else to make lemonade for him because he didn't want to deal with life giving him lemons. You know what I mean? Like, Well, they touch on that. They definitely touch on that showing the relationship with his father and how his father kind of molded his behavior for sure. Like they, they, they flash back enough that you get it. You get it. Absolutely. And they make sure to demonstrate that he is evil, that he can, you know, stop the cloud, that, you know, he can save these people. However, he just won't. Not that it's difficult for him to do. He just will not do it. For sure. 4,003 people, whatever. Very importantly to this story, nothing that Scrooge, that Kazran says throughout this entire episode is wrong. He's just uncaring. He's just like, it doesn't affect me personally. Why should I give a shit? And that apathy, when I walk into this episode and I identify with the main villain when he is an asshole, (laughs) is the first thing that like slaps me out of the cynicism and actually engages me in this story. Right. I'm a little worried about you now, Scott. <laughs> I live with them. It's hard to relate to an 18th century century industrialist in Victorian England. But this guy who's just learned the wrong lessons about life is there. So maybe I'll, I'll give you a little story. When I was in university and I was about to come out to my parents. Actually, I did come out to my parents. I came out to my parents uh, a week before I turned 20. I had like one good friend in university and she's still a really good friend. But we were working on these mini documentaries as well. And I filmed this documentary about a group of gay bears that did a podcast. And I'd like gone out to dinner and I told my parents. And after I told them, I like went home and I was like physically shaking. I felt very alone. I'd just thrown the relationship with my parents into jeopardy, even though I hadn't. They're wonderful. They're caring. They, they don't care. But for me, it felt like a seismic shift. Like I felt the, the world flip upside down. And the next day I had agreed to work on my short documentary and that this friend, she said, oh, you know, I'll come and have a look at it and we'll, we'll talk and, you know, I'll give you some feedback and we'll work on it. And then she didn't show up at the time we said, so I called her and she didn't answer. So I called her again and she didn't answer. And I felt even more alone than I ever had in my entire life. And I ended up calling her about 20 times and she never picked up. And at some point it would have been like, oh, he's calling me a whole bunch like, I'm not going to enable this behavior. I'm not going to pick it up. And I learned a very important lesson emotionally at that point. Between that and a first relationship I had that was very not good for my self-esteem, I learned the lesson that no one else is ever going to make me feel good about anything in my entire life. I have to do it myself. Like, I am alone. I lean on me. I lean on nobody else for my validation. Which is why often I bitch and complain about things, but I know... I'm really the only one that's in charge. And thus, I think, is my inherent identification with the Scrooge character in this, in this thing. He is someone who has been through terrible things and experienced pain and experienced confusion and loss and a lack of control and a lack of power. When Scrooge is saying, I don't care, he has taken that, you know, I can't care because I might end up hurting myself to the level of, no, I just don't give a shit. Like, I'm only looking out for me ever. And even if it's going to kill people, it doesn't matter. So the doctor, of course, is going to show up and going to plead for the lives of his companions and 4,000 other people that are aboard the ship that's going to crash. And he's going to be told basically no. At which point, he resolves that he will be the ghost of Christmas past and he will time travel back to when Kazran Sardik was a little boy and he will basically be his friend and teach him the way out of this. Merry Christmas, Mr. Sardik. 
I despise Christmas. Shouldn't. It's very you. It's what? What do you mean? Halfway out of the dark. Now, I could go through the plot in, in the entirety, but I, I highly recommend people listening. Just watch it because it oh, is yeah, just watch so it for dense. Sure. Just watch. It's, it's so complicated. There are so many twists and turns. Suffice to say that as part of the doctor teaching young Kazran to grow up, they let one of, one of the people that are being kept in cryogenic freezing like out of this freezing, and, and she is a singer, and she can sing to the fish that, are, that live in these ice clouds and calm them. And every year they end up pulling her out of the deep freeze on Christmas Eve and then putting her back and showing up next year to the delight and joy of everyone, including young Kazran. Every time they do it, the number on her cryo freeze goes down by one and you eventually find out that she's very, very sick and that's how many days she has left. So as the doctor teaches a young Kazran how to relate to the world and how to have friends and a sense of adventure and he becomes like the human outreach for this very isolated, very vulnerable young kid, he's also unwittingly exposing him to a harsh lesson of life, which is everyone leaves, everyone's going to die, which ironically confirms exactly who he was at the start. You know, he was a grown cynical man and he's being taught as a young boy due to time travel, like how to love and how to care for people. And yet, it doesn't matter that he loves and cares for people. They're still going to die. He's still going to end up alone. And he ends up basically having that same lesson of everyone's going to die. Might as well be today. It's not going to kill me. Drilled back into him because he tried to open up and then got punched by the world back into his box. But this this time, at least, he has that box of memories and... He even remarks, I think, a couple times, like, I'm remembering new things. So he has a little bit more yeah. context to his life. So it's a new lesson, but it's reframed. There's a new context to it where everyone dies, but some people are important. Ultimately, this episode is about how you look at life. And he's someone who looks at life and sees the pain and the loss and the cruel world and embraces it. Versus someone who realizes that, you know, only when you lose things, you know, are you able to enjoy them while they exist? Which is a time on it. It's very tropey, you know? We're retelling a Christmas carol. We're not going to learn something new about the human condition. <laughs> We're going to hear the same themes and ideas that have been tossed about around Christmas. Again, where we're just like, it's rehashing a lot of stuff that exists. And the thing that's truly exceptional about this particular episode is that it never gives up on the value of the human life and on the value of like empathy and caring. Like even when he's being a horrible, cynical asshole, the doctor, who is not a human, he is a time traveling alien, is like, I care about you. So in the first 10 minutes, it lays the groundwork for this. Like as the doctor first crashes this initial meeting where the family is pleading for the release of their loved one, he kind of comes in and is like, who's she? Who's she? Nobody important. Nobody important. Blimey, that's amazing. Do you know, in 900 years of time and space, I've never met anyone who wasn't important before. <laughs> what this episode does is it embraces the lessons that are at the core of the Charles Dickens story and of the, the emotions and the practices we associate with Christmas, and it wears them like flaming armor. Like, it refuses to let that cynicism at all 
hamper the very important message that it has to give to the world? One of my issues is is that I need I need some background. I like background. I like context. And Abigail, in just in this specific episode, did not have any context for me. I'm like, who is she? Why can why does her voice also work the same way that um, Kazarin's uh, his 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 ray system works? How uh, who put her in the cryogenic freezing? Who put her up as collateral for a loan? Why has no one returned for her? Why was it because she was deathly ill that she was used as collateral? Uh, why is she always so happy when she's coming out of this? One year sleep. Like I, I just, I'm so, I have so many questions. <laughs> there are so many questions. I will say, for about three quarters of the questions you just asked, there the answers are in the episode. What? But it does it so fast that literally, if you look away to pour a drink or something, you will miss something very important to the structure of the episode in I terms of it, like been. making plot sense. The important thing about her character, and she is very, you know, she's not the most fleshed out character in this because it's not really about her; it's about Scrooge. Yeah, of course. She has every reason in the world to be bitter and cynical and jaded. She was fucking put in cryogenic sleep yes. for a loan to the family by this asshole. But yet when she comes out of the ice, she chooses to embody the happiness. She doesn't get mean and she doesn't get bitter because she is the human representation of not allowing shitty circumstances to change your worldview. Also, if you only had eight days left to live and you got to travel through space and time for the last eight days and have Christmas every year with the two people that yes. you really cared, well, I guess you just learned to care about them, but <laughs> it is. It's not, the, it's not a bad way to spend eight the days. The last time when she comes out, you know, eventually, you know, her timer ticks down to one day left when Kazaran's a teenager. And he puts her in the ice and he never, he never takes her out again. And it's not until he's old, like in his eighties that he lets her out again. And the look and expression on her face, which is like, I think you waited too long is like, it kills me. Yeah. I'm not going to be shitty and annoyed that you kept everything from me. It's just like, Oh, look at, look at how you've changed. And she just cares so much. There's something infectious about the level of caring this episode does about its characters that really just demolishes me so much so because all of my cynical reactions are heightened to the nth degree before I even start it, that I'm thoroughly not expecting them all to be steamrolled and like knocked down. And that part I was really like, I, I, I enjoyed that. I, I like that, um, that she was still happy when she came out, what it was like 50 years later or 60 years later. And I, I was, I was, I was sold on that side of it and I get him keeping her, in there and not letting her out after that one day because in my mind it's like well i can't suffer any loss and suffer grief if i don't let it happen like it's i'm just gonna lock it away and and i'll never she'll never have to die because i, I won't let her out and she'll still exist and i know that she still has that day left what day I'll, I'll bring her out if ever that's up to me but at least he has that control over his grief i guess at that point when he decides to to not open it again and i think the best line of the of the entire little episode comes when she says to him you've been a miser like you've hoarded my last day and you've waited too long i mean it's more valuable now that she's there that she can sing to the to the fish to stop the storm and the only reason why she comes out is because she's useful and you know, he can learn the lesson that human life has value. The other line from this episode, Scrooge tells him, no, I'm not going to save the spaceship. Oh, look at you, looking all tough now. There are 4,003 people I won't allow to die tonight. Do you know where that puts you? Where? 4,004. Was that a sort of threaty thing? Whatever happens tonight, remember, 
you put it on yourself. You're <laughs> shitty. You are stopping me from saving a bunch of people's lives, but I'm going to save you because you shouldn't be like this because there's no reason to yeah. be like this. You know what I mean? I love it's, that as well. I love that as well. I love it as well. Ugh, it ruins me. I'm like tearing up thinking about it now, but I mustn't <laughs> rely on other people for emotional validation. <laughs> Scott, you're showing emotions. I love it. Ugh, it like I don't know why. And I don't know why. This was the whole reason, one of the whole reasons to do this this podcast is because every now and again you do just walk face first into something that emotionally destroys you. And I have no idea why this works because it shouldn't. Everything on paper says that it shouldn't. It's the acting from Michael Gambon, who is who plays Kazrin Sadek, the old version of oh. Scrooge. He's and his so voice. Good. I love his voice. His voice is just like butter. It's his wonderful. voice is wonderful. Matt Smith is the doctor. Is one of my favorite doctors. Um, he is just this bundle of energy and bizarre and crazy and wonderful. But he's always got his eye exactly where it needs to be. But I think what it is is just certain um, aspects of the way that people relate to each other is what makes this episode beautiful this this i mean there's a lot of really good things in this episode i think what doctor who does and i have not seen very many episodes at all but what doctor who does is it says okay these are the rules of the game this time don't question them we're just going to play along with them and then we'll get to do yeah. some really interesting stuff. One of my favorite episodes of Doctor Who is that episode where um, he time travels to get Van Gogh, picks him up, Van Gogh, who is, you know, crazy, was never appreciated in his time, then takes him to a modern museum of art and lets him walk around, talk to the curator Ooh. saying like, yeah, you are considered the greatest artist of all time because you distilled pain and suffering and turned it into vibrant, exuberant art. There is nothing more human than being able to do that. Now, that's really cool. I well, like that. Amazing. I like that premise. It's unbelievable. That's a great premise. And you only you yeah. can, you know, Google it, it only takes a second. You know, as a human person, you want people who are great or who have influenced the world, with, whether it be cultural, science, or whatever, to get their appreciation. You don't want them to die in obscurity. So to be able to like, okay, time travel, let's take Van Gogh to modern times and show him what he did for everyone. He never got to see that moment. Jumping off the back of that episode to one of the, the things about this episode too is that it's never naive. You know, this is a show that in a lot of ways is a family show and it's for kids and it's about the hijinks and the craziness, but it's not afraid to really grapple with the implications of things. You know, Van Gogh is terribly depressed and they bring him to the future and he weeps it at the impact he's able to have on life. And then they take him back to his own time and return to the present and he still committed suicide. Oh, really? They, do they actually deal with that in the episode? Yeah. And it's like, you can't, like, sometimes you just can't change things. And, That's very and that dark. Even in this episode, you know, the Kazan Sadek has a thing is like the doctor rewrote my entire life to suit his ends. You know, he went back and played yeah. God with his childhood. Admittedly yeah, to true. improve him, but he's like, he's getting something out of this too. And the fact that when he is changed, like the upshot, the big twist at the end of the second act is that because the doctor has gone back in time and made him a better person, the controls to the ice cloud no longer recognize him as himself. Yes. Like the he's iso no isometric. longer himself. <laughs> they have made him better and it hasn't solved their problem. Which I, I actually, I enjoyed that little twist. I did not see that coming. And also he's got a line and it's very subtle, but it touches on this idea of self-esteem where it's, you know, 
how do you choose what day will be her last day? When he finds out that she's dying, he has, Scrooge has this moment where he's like, she wasted her days with me. You know, she should have been elsewhere. She should have been having her life. Why me? Like, why am I worthy of, of this person's, like, time and energy? Which is a really human, like... How could human, you think like, that, though? Like, she was so happy. Like, I, 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 I bought into her happiness. She was very happy to be with him and very happy to be on those adventures. So, like, why would he think that was a waste, though? I don't get it. Tell me you don't maybe, know people who have thought that way about... <laughs> I've, I've thought that way in relationships. But I'm not, like, what are you doing here? And it's not just that. Like, sure, he had a good time and everything, but what? why didn't he let her go home to her family, to her sisters yeah. and brothers? And, you know, he stole those days from her when he she could have been having that time with her mother. I guess their debt wasn't repaid, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's an asshole still as a kid. There's a reason I'm just talking about this episode of television. Uh, as opposed to Doctor Who as a series. No one evil is ever lost for good. No one is ever worth giving up on. Those are Doctor Who themes, but this episode is just the best expression of that sentiment I have ever seen. It's the epitome of it. Think about it, Doctor. One last day with your beloved. Which day would you choose? Christmas. Christmas Day. You. You're so old now. I think you waited a bit too long, didn't you? <laughs> Hoarding my days like an old miser. <laughs> but if you leave the ice now... We've had so many Christmas Eves, Kazran. I think it's time for Christmas Day. Walking into it, my cynical emotional armor is at its height where I don't even want to give this thing the time of day and the conviction and sincerity with which it embraces its core message as a coherent, tied up, wrapped up package standalone episode, the emotional through line and the emotional story and what it has to say about the human condition and how it says it are second to none. It without fail will reduce me to a blubbering mess every time I watch it. And I've seen it a lot. I went into this not knowing what Doctor Who was. I cried a lot of things, but I still was not a blubbering mess, but I still cheered up at the end. And to me, that was, it's pretty incredible. Something that I wasn't sold at in the beginning still had me in tears at the end. That says a lot about it. And so I, I was still, I was still affected by it. I thought it was a, a great episode of a of a series i've never had a chance to watch or given a chance to watch so i definitely have to give it that like despite despite <laughs> my cynicism about plot lines and story i still i really enjoyed it i did I've laid my soul bare. Uh, did it hit you boys in the heart? Um, this one I really enjoyed, but I I can't say that it hit me in the heart. I I didn't get the 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 tears. I didn't get the because I I think for the reasons that you actually described, uh, Paul. I just you know it's it's beautiful and there's some great sentiment there, but there just wasn't enough for me in particular to get that. Oh, uh, despite 
despite some minor plot holes and uh, lack of character development, which I have learned is also part of the Doctor Who world where it doesn't always happen. I'm not always going to have that payoff, which I understand now. It's It still hit me in three quarters of my heart. <laughs> I'll give it that if, if we're doing a rating system. But I, I still really enjoyed it. I, I, I cheered up at the end. It, it, it hit it hit me for sure. Just as a side note, the theme song used to scare the fuck out of me as a kid. And I remember now I used to watch today's special on TVO, TV Ontario. And then today's special would lead into Doctor Who. Oh and I would God. shut it off immediately because that theme song is disturbing. I remember that now. Yes. As a child. Disturbing. Oh, yeah. that's weird. And fun fact yeah. that the Doctor Who theme song was one of, I believe, the first pieces of entirely electronic music. No way. In the 1960s. Since the 50s or 60s? 60s. The 60s. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for listening to Hit Me in the Heart. I'm your bleeding heart millennial, Scott. I'm your hearty flyboy, Travis. And I'm your kind-hearted oath, Paul. And we'll catch you on the next one. very much for listening to Hit Me in the Heart. You can listen to all the episodes on our website, hitmeintheheart.com, where you'll also find links to A Christmas Carol, the Doctor Who episode, and other bits and pieces we mentioned in today's episode. If you've enjoyed listening, please subscribe to us on your platform of choice, and if you want to support us, the very best thing you can do is leave a review online wherever you listen. That really helps new people find our content and make sure we can keep bringing you all of the things we know you'll love. Our email is hitmeintheheartpodcast at gmail.com.